Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A word of warning. This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes some strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast covering high profile and under the radar cases from across the country every week. We're recording this on March 11th, 2020. I'm Judy Ho, filling in for Anna Garcia, who is out today. But joining me is Emmy Award winning reporter for KTLA 5 and former Crime Watch Daily correspondent Narissa Knight. So good to see you, Narissa. You have such an amazing broadcast career, but you also do a ton of community service work and you give scholarships to children in need and you know education is such an important piece of providing the types of skill sets and literacy to our next generation. So I really applaud you for all of that. How did you get into that type of work in the first place? As far as broadcast journalism, I started as a reporter in the mid-90s, in 94, and my first story was actually, unfortunately, a murder. It was supposed to be a light and lively story, uh, you know, green, but then you know, everything broke loose and they're like, oh, no, there's a murder. I head that way, you know. And from that time, I've covered uh, decades now. We're talking 26 years. Uh, last month, it was 26 years. And I've covered numerous murder cases, some of national and even international coverage. And this isn't something that I had an affinity for mm-hmm. or wanted to do. It just so happens that that's what I've covered for more than 25 years now. Mm-hmm. And another, unfortunately, hate to keep saying that word, but um, in life, I found that before I even started this career, um, I lost three first cousins mm. due to violent murders. And on two of them, I arrived at the scene right after they were gunned down and they oh. died in front of me. Both cases have been prosecuted. Um, killers in both cases are serving life sentences and they remain in jail from those times more than Two decades ago. Right. Those cases that involved your family members were prosecuted. They are serving life sentences as they should. But as you know, because you've reported on these cases, so many of them sometimes go unsolved for decades or there's just not enough to prosecute the person and they get off on a very lesser charge. Exactly. And good point. And when I talk about three first cousins, one like a sister, two being prosecuted, there's one that never has been. The killer has never been brought to justice. And my husband, also a first cousin who was shot and killed 
world. Um, oh. Also young, all of them young within yeah. between 16 and 24 years old. And his 18 year old cousin was shot and killed and they never found the killer it was right outside his home. Right. Yeah. Actually, one of my really good high school friends gone down a very bad path towards the senior year of our high school years. And we just knew that it wasn't going to end well. And literally two months after he was found gunned down in his own yard, his mother found him. And to date, no one has solved that particular murder. The good thing is today, Judy, we're talking about some cases um, that prosecutors tell us and investigators tell us they have found those who are responsible and they're in the process now of bringing them to justice. Yes. And that's why it's going to be so good to be able to hear how the process works. And when we actually find those people and can bring them to justice, it's always a good ending despite everything that happens. We have a lot to cover this week. A man in Florida has allegedly killed a sleeping couple and then enlisted the help of his stepdaughter's boyfriend to help dump the bodies in a swamp. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But it happens far too often. People mm-hmm. bring in their loved ones, uh, their associates, their friends mm-hmm. uh, into something that they've woven the web but now both are entangled and now it's three who are in a a part of this and who are going down you know they say just say no to drugs when someone comes to you and they have (laughs) a tragic horrific carnage going on and they're down spiraling right just say no just say no keep that over there to yourself tip from Nerissa here (laughs) just remember that there are other things to say no to aside from drugs but first A surprising case out of Alabama where a city councilman led police to the body of his wife, whom he had reported missing on February 25th. So, Nerissa, here's what happened in this case. On February 25th, Carbon Hill Councilman Robert Warren, 51 years old, reported his wife, Lisa Warren, also 51 years old, missing. And Robert claimed that Lisa was last seen the day before on February 24th, around 8 a.m. in the morning. And they lived in the Walker County area of Alabama. Lisa is a type 2 diabetic and she's dependent on daily insulin. And Lisa was very much loved by the community. So there was a massive search for her. Everybody rolled up their sleeves and were trying to find her. On March 7th, the same day that Walker County Sheriff's Office had a large search planned, but before the search began, Carbon Hill Police was told by Robert new information, and Robert actually led them to locate Lisa's body. And his demeanor was really odd. Carbon Hill Police Chief Eric House said that Robert's demeanor was very calm when he went to go talk to the police, almost as if maybe he had contemplated it, made a thoughtful decision and was proceeding to tell them and had already organized his own emotions around it. And Robert told police that Lisa's body could be found in Greene County, which is about an hour and a half away from Carbon Hill. And her body had been dumped there and was floating about a quarter of a mile from where Robert told investigators he had disposed of her body. So after this, Robert was taken into custody. He's held on a 250,000 cash bond and he faces multiple charges, including manslaughter and abuse of corpse. However, as of this past Tuesday, prosecutors dismissed the manslaughter charge and upgraded it by filing a murder charge, claiming that he intentionally caused his wife's death by striking her in the head with an object 
more than once. And this information came from further investigation and a report from a state forensics lab, which backed this up. And that's why they upgraded it to this murder charge. So, Narissa, you've reported a lot on all kinds of murder cases. Have you ever interviewed anybody who actually came forth on their own in a calm way to say, yeah, I'm here and here's what I did. Do what you will with me. Yeah, that's not uncommon. That's Mm -hmm. actually very common. People have to report someone missing. Someone else would. It'd be more odd for them not to. In this case, uh, Robert Warren alluded to the fact and wanted to stress the fact to investigators Mm. that she's a diabetic and Mm. she has to have insulin twice a day. Mm. So it led initially investigators to believe, well, this must be some type of medical situation. That's what Mm -hmm. they said they thought at first. Yes. Because that's where he was trying to push them into. Yeah. Yeah. He was alluding to that and pushing them that way. However, detectives uh, with the Carbon Hill Police Department, as well as the Walker County Sheriff's Department, and then after enlisting the help of the Greene County Sheriff's Department, collectively, after hours, we're talking hundreds of hours, they said, of manpower searching and investigating, Mm -hmm. they started putting two and two together and it just didn't add up. They they are now even questioning if she had the severity of this uh, insulin dependency that he alluded to. Again, Lisa Warren, she's a popular hairstylist in town. Everybody knows her. She's adored. They couldn't find anyone who had a bad thing to say about her, didn't like her. She's popular. So the first story that Robert tells police is that, yeah, me and Lisa, we were arguing at our home. We got into a fight. I pushed her and then she hits her head as she's falling. And that's how she died. I'll I'll take you to her body. So that's the story he was telling at first. But new evidence has come to light to uh, prove that that can't be the case, according to the coroner. And I think that is the sticking point of the manslaughter charge being upgraded to Mm -hmm. a murder charge. And Mm -hmm. first, I think it's really interesting that maybe his first inclination after this all happened was, let me paint a story. I'm the innocent person here reporting my wife missing. She's very sick. Help me. Maybe she doesn't have her medical supplies and she's already dead somewhere. Like that is Mm -hmm. sort of the breadcrumbs he was trying to leave for the police. But not very long later, he decided to go to the police willingly and say what he did. But still, it wasn't quite the right story. But still, there was a thought process there of, Maybe I'm becoming a person of interest or I'm not sure what he was thinking. Perhaps he's thinking, how much longer can I really hide? Again, small community. Mm -hmm. There's only so many suspects and there's no other types of motives out there. As you already pointed out, she is a beloved hairdresser. Everybody knew her in town. Mm -hmm. I I can imagine that her place of work is probably where everyone gathered to hang out and to talk and to to hang out and and to really just enjoy each other's company. And, And I bet maybe there was some pressure that he has to come up with some version of the story so that that story of I lost my temper doesn't seem like it quite fits the bill. And and luckily, the the police do believe that Robert acted alone. So it doesn't look like there's another person you have to find. But what's odd is everybody is surprised. People have known Robert all his life and they don't believe that he could do something like this. And the couple, Judy, they've been married for 20 years now uh, for 
all accounts, everybody thought they were a happily married Happy couple. couple. They have three daughters. One lives in Canada, an older daughter. And mm-hmm. then together they have uh, 16-year-old twin girls mm-hmm. who go to school at the local high school. Right. So they're in the mix of all this, now grieving their mother and their father, whom everyone looked up to, who had just been appointed to city council uh, nine months or so ago. Mm-hmm. Now he's a murder suspect and oh. been charged with their mother's murder and abuse of court. Imagining these daughters, one is an adult, the others are 16 years old, they, they know the score. Imagine them losing their mother, realizing that they lost their mother because of their father, and they will lose access to their father most likely too, because he'll very likely be imprisoned for who knows how long, depending on how these charges go and what the judgment is. But I can't even imagine, I can't even begin to imagine how they are dealing with all of this trauma. And... Robert is somebody, as you just mentioned, is highly revered in his own community. And in fact, at the time of our reporting right now, he hasn't actually stepped down. He hasn't actually resigned. And and that's odd, you know, with all that's going on. Even if he he weren't the suspect, even if he weren't responsible for taking his his wife's life, would that be your primary concern? You have two twin daughters, 16 years old, who are without a mother. Right. And she was murdered and her body discovered floating in a creek alongside a county road, decomposing. And their father is now accused of her of murder. murder and abusing the your mother's corpse, which is but just so sad. he hasn't stepped down as city councilman? That's really Priorities ridiculous here. to me, right? Yeah. I just don't know what's going on with that. But, you know, I think another really concerning piece of this is, and, you know, you don't always need to have a motive to prosecute somebody. But what is the motive here? Because as you pointed out, they seem like a loving couple, been married 20 years. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody took him to be somebody who would do this, first of all, but not even maybe somebody with a temper. I don't think that that was his reputation in the community. Well, you know, as a a reporter who arrives on the scene shortly after things have happened, most uh, crimes of passion and uh, of violence start with a domestic dispute that mm-hmm. that I see anyway on the streets yes. of L.A. and across the country in the markets that I've worked in, in, in right. various markets. You as a psychologist, I mean, you would have insight on that, how mm-hmm. things spin out of control, yes. snowball. You know, I've been married for more than 27 years now. And, you know, you have squabbles, you have mm-hmm. disagreements, you throw a plate and then mm-hmm. you can't even remember what the argument was about the mm-hmm. next day. Like, well, you know, you know, through the years. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I can remember, you know, argument. I, I can remember like throwing a plate. And then I, I asked, what in the world were we even right, arguing right. about? What was, what was that? that? Yeah, it was like a little out of body moment yeah. just now. What are some, you know, no, tips to do to, to, to think of? Uh, is it count to 10 like we tell the kids? Mm-hmm. You know, what are some things to keep in mind that yeah. anyone and everyone could use right. in a day to day or year to year? year or or, or span of instance to instance basis that could come in handy. Absolutely. It's a good question. And, you know, the old tip, which is so effective of take a few deep breaths really does work Mm -hmm. because it resets the Mm -hmm. fight or flight. You get into that mode where you're impulsive and you become violent in an argument because fight or flight. 
It's a survivalist instinct. But if you take a few deep breaths, your mind doesn't even have to process it. You're a body. The biology is going to kick in and say, oh, deep breaths. That means that we're not in danger. Okay. Sometimes it's going to be say, okay. Right. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but sometimes people will say, I don't want to walk away. I want to resolve this right now. And you know what? Just walk away. Right. Sometimes you just got to give it a break. And you can say, 20 minutes and we'll come back so that we can resolve this before we go to bed today. I don't want it to let it linger. That's fine. But it's amazing what even five minutes will do if you walked away and got yourself out of that physical space. And I will say for domestic violence cases, it's just so common that they are progressive. Now, we don't know exactly what happened here, but it's starting to to have me doubt that this is the first time things ever got physical because usually it's a progression. It's mm-hmm. one time it's a slap to the face. Mm-hmm. Then the next argument is it's a punch to the head now, right? And, and they get worse and worse until sometimes they do end in death. And the amount of deaths that happen as a result of domestic violence escalations is so much more in this country than we probably even realize because people cover for their spouses when right, they get really right, severely hide hurt. It. So who knows yeah. what was going on here. It's yet to be seen, but it does in my experience with these murder cases and with the cover-up and the crime and the timeline, it seems like this was not thought out. No. And it seems like it it could have been a a crime of the moment and uncontrollable because it just was Mm -hmm. ill-planned and and not that any crime should be ever planned, but you see how these murderers do Yes. And these alleged murderers before they are prosecuted, Mm -hmm. uh, how the information comes out. And with this one, it does seem like this could have been where he got out of control and did something without thinking that took his long time, 20 year wife's life. He is admitting. Right. uh, But we see these cases where husband kills wife or wife and, you know, lover kill husband over two million dollar, three million dollar, two hundred thousand dollar life right. insurance policy you know you, yeah. you get various motives right and um you see cheating yes. lying deception so of course there could be all different kinds of things and hopefully we'll get more updates and more details but i think you made a really astute observation Rissa, which is that this wasn't really thought out and in fact none of his actions after were really thought out right. i can just imagine this guy oh i killed my wife I, maybe i should what try to I dump do? her oh she's maybe missing I, yes oh well now i should oh, go to the I police i bumped into her she fell yeah yeah, well, yeah. So, oh, you know, I pushed her. Uh, yeah. so maybe for, you know, at least from the prosecution's perspective, it's a good thing that he doesn't seem quite like a great murderer because I don't Thank think goodness. he's really that so thought out So justice can be served if he did actually do this That's as right. it appears. And I just, my heart goes out to the children and yes, I just hope the that girls. they're getting professional support being with their community and other remaining family members right We're now. We're talking 2,021 people in this town <sighs> and those girls are two of them and now the yeah. two most important people to them are I either dead or behind bars. Yes. So this is, yes. And I hope the community Judy. embraces them yes. instead of says, oh, I feel awkward. Maybe I should stay away. No, yeah. call up these yeah. young Wrap your women. arms around them. Absolutely. And help them in any way because those girls didn't do anything. I, I totally agree. They're innocent in all this and taking the brunt of it, unfortunately, with what they have to uh, deal with now and then figure out on their own. Yeah, uh, that's right. So... We'll keep you posted as we get more updates on this case. Now, we're going to move on to another case. This is a really bizarre case in Florida where a man allegedly killed a sleeping couple, then enlisted the help of his stepdaughter's boyfriend to help dump them in a swamp. 
So here's what happened. On March 6th, investigators discovered two badly decomposed bodies near Haines City, Florida. And the bodies were of Raymond Mark Klein, who was 33 years old, and his wife, Crystal Ann Klein, who was 37. And authorities revealed that they had been deceased for some time. And it appeared that they had been shot and their bodies were dumped in this swampy area. And their bodies were found in the swamp actually behind their home. So the killer did not think to go very far away. And family members had not heard or seen from either of the Kleins in several weeks. And the last time Raymond had been seen at his regular work of scrapping metal was February 21st. So on the night of March 7th, Todd Michael Jackson, 34 years old, was taken into custody near his home in Lakeland, Florida, on two counts of first-degree murder. And officials said that Todd Jackson shot the two victims in the head as they were sleeping at the crime scene. And Sheriff Grady Judd described Todd as a cold-blooded murderer and said that he had access to the couple's home because they were already acquaintances. Now, Narissa, you know this is not uncommon. People usually don't get shot in cold blood by a stranger. So they were already acquainted. And actually, there was a possible motive here because investigators suspected that Todd shot the clients because they allegedly owed him about $30,000. So these detectives said that following the shooting, Todd reached out to 19-year-old Larry James Waters Jr. And this young man, he's only 19, was dating his stepdaughter, Amberlyn mm-hmm. Nicole. And Amberlyn is 19 mm-hmm. also. And actually enlisted them to help get rid of the bodies. And I don't understand that's, how somebody does that with, in good conscience. To these young individuals who are obviously not as well equipped to make good decisions. Right. First of all, I mean, Tom Michael Jackson, he was selfish and callous and hateful and just so cruel to kill the clients allegedly in their sleep at their home after being there acquainted slash friend maybe even friendly that's right a friend he he had access to their home they trusted him he kills them in their sleep at their home defenseless defenseless Uh, right there's no there's no fair fight here yeah Uh, according to to police you know todd jackson he's 34 years old this 19 year old looks up to him Mm -hmm. he's dating his you know stepdaughter and he uh, comes to the aid of his you know uh, hopeful maybe one day stepdad-in-law i don't know whomever he's right. trying to uh impress or be loyal to I mean, look at these yeah, little babies young. they, they have are their babies whole lives ahead of them yes and and here comes you know todd with this master plan of concealing the body so he calls waters and allegedly they are supposed to get rid of these bodies from the room of the couple. Right. So there was and no so, disguising this. No. Yeah, I think he was actually yeah. very clear. I killed these people. Now help me get rid of their bodies. Yes. They both knew about it. And they and said they that could to authorities. Have, what did we say? Just say no to drugs and oh. just say no when people are bringing you that BS of things that you never want to be involved with. You help me get rid of it. No, you're on your own. Nope. Nope. No, I, keeping it 100 here. So many cases, people yeah. have served time even life sentences yes. for being involved in someone else's mess yes. and helping them cover it up. So now yep. you have these two 19-year-olds who didn't take the lives right. of the clients, but here comes, you know, Waters to help, you know, 
Jackson and they use a furniture. Well, allegedly, mm-hmm. you know, he asked Waters to help him move the AC unit that's in the couple's bedroom window yes. and then push the bodies outside, according to authorities. And then Jackson and Waters use a furniture dolly to transport the couple's bodies to that swampy area in back of their home in this wooded area where their bodies were found two weeks later oh, decomposing. decomposed. So he has ruined these two, you know, they're basically, ch- and they're 19, but look at them. I mean, they, I know. it's like, they're babies, they, really. They had their whole lives ahead of them. And, and now Amber Nicole Nichols, uh, you know, she, she really is where this investigation and this crime started to unravel and things were brought to light because uh, she was trying to sell Raymond Klein's truck, Mm -hmm. the husband, his pickup, his truck for $200 to these potential buyers. And she told the buyers that the owner had been killed and that they needed to get rid of the vehicle. Yes. Police say that's when they were brought in because these potential uh, buyers contacted police and then that's when they began to investigate, mm-hmm. looking for the owner of said truck. Yes. No people here, you know, found. They started to continue to investigate. And not only did Nichols lead them straight to the decomposing bodies in the mm-hmm. swamp, she mm-hmm. led them there. Uh, but she and Waters were arrested and they admitted to knowing about the murder. Mm-hmm. And then the search began for Jackson who was later arrested. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they also have a witness who told police that they were there at the Klein's home Mm. when Jackson shot and murdered the couple and saw him do it. And see, this is an unbelievable story because as you were just doing that great recap, just the details, the fact that Amberlynn would actually so forthcomingly yes. tell potential buyers of the client's vehicle. Talk about TMI. Right. Like, oh, oh well, you know, we need to sell this car and we kind of need to sell it quick because they had been murdered. And, and this shows you exactly the mind state of, again, these young individuals. Mm-hmm. When you're 19, your brain is not fully developed, particularly your executive function centers. That doesn't actually complete its development until the age of 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is how you make decisions. That is the part of our brain that makes us human and superior to other animals in the animal kingdom. And of course, you can tell in this case, Amberlynn, of course, she's not a criminal. She doesn't Mm -hmm. know. So she's just going around telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And probably because Jackson said, go sell this car as quickly as possible. But also he maybe didn't even give her any more additional instruction. And, And you know what I say to that, Judy? You're exactly right. You know what I say to that? Good for them, because that's exactly what Jackson deserves. He deserves to get that because he enlisted their help and he also enlisted that downfall. And they deserve to be caught because this was wrong on top of wrong. This couple was sleeping in their home, minding their business, thought they were safe, thought they could trust this man, Todd Jackson. Absolutely. Who comes in in the the middle of the night. And kills him in his bedroom. Yeah, exactly. And here is one of the other details that is so heartbreaking. As you were saying, they were friendly. They were so friendly, in fact, that according to authorities, Amber Lynn, the stepdaughter, Mm -hmm. and Larry, they were living with the clients part time. And so, again, of course, he had a key and access to their house. Mm -hmm. They were they trusted him. They were there. They They were were with them in their home, and they opened their home to them. And this is another thing that we see, Judy, a lot of times, uh, albeit on 
on uh, the crime shows, local news, um, the paper. You see oftentimes people trying to help people. And with the homeless crisis and situation, mm-hmm. you see people bringing people into their homes. Just last week, I covered a, a story on KTLA 5 of a mother and daughter who invited this woman to live into their home so that mm. she wouldn't be homeless. Right. She shot allegedly her she and her boyfriend shot and killed the mother the 18 year old daughter and that teenager's friend at their home and their three bodies of these three females were were left to be discovered by a family member and this homeless lady who they had brought in to to help she and her boyfriend had run off you know after killing them allegedly but you see people trying to help people and letting people live with them but sometimes our open heart can be our downfall and also know the point that you just made that sometimes if you have a loving empathetic heart that sadly that is like a magnet for psychopaths okay because that's when they know they can manipulate you and Mm -hmm. tug at your heartstrings and psychopaths by the way are very charming at the outset they have superficial Mm -hmm. charm so they work it first yeah at first they work it pretty well and and you believe them and Mm -hmm. and for all we know this todd jackson again put his stepdaughter and stepdaughter's boyfriend in the Klein's Mm -hmm. home, maybe even as a way to get some information. Like, hey, tell me what they're sleeping. The plot thickens. knows, right? You never know. Tell me when they go to sleep. You know, what time do they go to sleep? They they could have been scouts. Who knows? They may have been scouts without even knowing they were scouts. But this is a case in which I am so glad that the criminal was kind of dumb. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because he clearly did not really instruct these young minds, again, innocent individuals who are not Mm -hmm. criminals, what to do. And thank goodness Anne Berlin is just wandering around telling the truth and led the authorities to the bodies and and starting to solve this case. And now Nichols and Waters, you know, they've both been arrested. Again, they admitted to knowing about the murders. So Nichols faces charges of being an accessory after the fact and dealing with stolen property and two counts um also waters you know has been charged with accessory after the fact and two counts also of failing to report a death both of them those two counts of failing to report a death uh no word on that unnamed witness though who is an eyewitness allegedly to the murder of jackson actually Mm killing the couple really sad and and you know now that we see that there's this huge list of charges that the three of them collectively face You know, sometimes people ask me things like, well, can there be mitigating factors once it Mm. comes to prosecuting? And I would imagine one possible mitigating factor here, at least for the charges against the two 19 year olds, Mm. is influence. Didn't know. Yes. Power, Mm. coercion, Mm. influence. Maybe they didn't know very much better. But there is no, no such thing in this case that I can see for any kind of mitigating factor, for example, temporary insanity. Yeah, People no. always bring that up, and it doesn't even really work in court. But naivety, just, but yeah. not insanity, right? You know? <laughs> and so, so it, it actually does break my heart a bit of you know how these two younger individuals, their lives could completely be ruined if they truly were just sort of. I was coerced into it. I didn't know what else to do. My stepfather had something mm, on me. Yeah, but there comes a time we know wrong is wrong Mm -hmm. and don't think about just the moment right now people need to think about the what if everyone knew 
Yes. What about next year? What about 10 years from now, 20 years from now, yes. however long this sentence could be? Oh. And, you know, when we talk about the circumstances surrounding this, allegedly, you know, Todd Jackson says that the couple he thought owed them, owed him $30,000 that Raymond mm-hmm. uh, Klein and, you know, his wife, Crystal, owed him $30,000 and that's why why he killed him. Well, he'll never get his money now. Right. And that $200 truck, I mean, what? What I is know. that? It's like your $200 tr- trying to make this deal to sell the murder victim's truck. Right. And then having loose lips and just right. spilling all this information to these innocent, yeah. you know, would-be buyers. It's this is a web that has, you yeah. know, is going to continue and it's entrapped these two young people. And yes. then there's a third witness. And then these buyers who are going to have to go to court. Oh then the gosh. family members who are mourning the, this the couple. You're the clients. Yeah. yeah, I know. And it's it's unbelievable, really, because obviously we know that financial issues are emotive in some killings. And another common one is love, passion, lust right. type of things. And then the other one is control. And mm-hmm. there's at least one of those three in here. Maybe there's even also the control piece. But as you just mentioned, it doesn't even make sense because now that they're dead, how will you get yeah, the money? Exactly. You know, it's not like you were just killing them to get to a safe, which mm-hmm. you already had the password to. That is not what we're hearing mm-hmm. here. So again, it does not feel like a very thought out crime. And then after the fact, let me just enlist my stepdaughter and her boyfriend to try to help me clean up the mess. And, you know, Judy, I'm not a mathematician per se, but if they had $30,000 to loan Jackson, I think they would have gotten something better than the window unit that they moved out of the window to get the bodies through. I mean, just a right. lot isn't adding up or, yeah. two, or a truck that you would sell for $200. Right. I mean, it just doesn't add up. Him saying that they owed him $30,000 It makes you wonder. And then you look at the value of the home there. It it makes Mm -hmm. you wonder how truthful this might be that they owe they owed him thirty thousand dollars that he would have loaned them and they would have spent and used. That's right. You know what? I I, I don't know. It just doesn't add up. Something doesn't feel right right. here. And it's, you know, again, you've picked up on those clues. If there's a truck and it is only worth two hundred dollars, how does that math make any sense? sense, You know, So, again, we will keep you updated as we learn more. But now all three are facing significant charges. And Todd is being charged with two counts of first degree murder, as he should be. Yes. But I wouldn't be surprised if there were uh, some other details that we don't just know now that have something to do with other things and that just don't continue to add up to them allegedly owing him $30,000. Agreed. I think there's still a lot of loose pieces to tie up here exactly. in this case. So I want to close by talking about some uh, funny comments that we get on some cases here. And the first one, Narissa, is uh, police find meth and baby squirrel in Ugh, woman's purse during this. a traffic stop. So here's what happened after pulling over a vehicle for speeding. Officers found a bag of meth, scales, baggies, a dropper of baby formula, and a baby squirrel in the woman's bag. And she told police her son found the squirrel at work. The woman was arrested and booked into the Tulsa County Jail on complaints of unlawful possession of wildlife 
aggravated trafficking in illegal drugs and possession of drug paraphernalia. So, it, you know, it, it makes you wonder what all is going on Man, here. That's just she's making it too complicated, you don't know, you think? At first, I was like, so the baby dropper, the formula, what child is she putting in danger? Yeah. But then I was like, okay, okay, maybe the baby's not in danger of getting a hold to the meth and having an overdose. Maybe it's this baby squirrel that she was feeding the formula in the dropper. I'm hoping, I'm hoping like, but even then it's like the squirrel's going to OD. What's the squirrel in your purse with the meth? And what what, what scales are you selling? You know, what's going on here? Talking about a gamut of things in her purse. She's got a smorgasbord there. She's got like a A Mary Poppins purse or something. (laughs) But Amanda had actually a way better comment than the joke I tried to make. She said, wait, but did the baby squirrel test positive for meth? Oh, poor, baby <laughs> poor baby squirrel. And then Faith it said, but, 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 hey, hold up. That's her emotional support pet. Right, so she can't I get can't charged with it. There. That Onerous. Was, so I that, can't go there with the people who say they need emotional. Age. Nope, because sometimes it's ridiculous. People are trying to bring a peacock on a plane oh, and saying that's yeah. an emotional support animal. So you know what? Just Some people really need them. For everybody who really that's needs right. them. That's right. But this last one, Judy, was the best one. Breaking Bad. Squirrel edition. Wow. I don't know. They all were kind of quirky and squirrely and all that, and they all fit and apply. Yeah, so these are great comments. So thank you for that. Thanks for the laughs. And we have one more here. Viral ice cream liquor gets 30 days in jail. Order to pay a very specific amount, $1,565. Is that with tax for the gallons added (laughs) up? What about is a gratuity? (laughs) But yes, order to pay that to Bluebell, which makes the ice cream. So D'Adrian, who was recording recorded licking a half gallon of vanilla bluebell ice cream in a Texas Walmart in August was sentenced to 30 days in jail. He's also going to pay a fine of $1,000 on top of that $1,565 to bluebell creameries. And Anderson said this, which really bothers me about how social media has led some of our young ones astray. He said he only did it to go viral. And this is something maybe with seeing what happened to Deadrian, others will see and and not try this at home or at their local, you know, supermarket. <laughs> you know, maybe they won't do that because we don't want to get our ice cream, get it home, yep. and have the DNA of someone That's else. That's disgusting. You know, I like, can't. Yeah. I can't. As a, as a neat freak, clean freak, yes. I just can't even look at that and picture. And then with coronavirus out there, oh. I mean, oh, oh. <laughs> I can't even go there. Take him to jail. And no. so I don't understand then Garrett B's comment because he obviously doesn't feel the way we do. He says, hey, good Good ad. Now I just want a Blue Bell ice cream. Oh, okay. This is well, the opposite it, of what say I want. Any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess. But uh, in my case, at all, okay, he did go viral, just not the way he hoped. He went viral and and went penal as well. He's I got know. the justice system to to pay this restitution of yep. fifteen sixty five, and then the fine of one thousand. So and now he's going to have no yeah. social media for thirty days. Uh-huh. So that is so an additional punishment. The opposite this, of viral. You won't go in any post at that's all for right. a while. You're going to have a defunct social media account. Well, that's our show for this week. Once again, I'm Dr. Judy Ho, and I'm here with Narissa Knight. And you can find out more about me at my website, drjudyho.com, or follow me on social, on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Judy Ho, D-R-J-U-D-Y-H-O. And Narissa, where can people find out more about you and all of your fabulous work? Well, um, if you want to, you can hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. 
Facebook or Twitter. I'm on all three social. Um, and you can just look me up as Nerissa Knight, N-E-R-I-S-S-A, and then Knight, like the one in Shining Armor, K-N-I-G-H-T. And also, if you're watching KTLA 5 in L.A., you can see me. I'll be on tomorrow and the next day uh, reporting in the field on whatever happens. And hopefully it's not another bad, cruel thing that sometimes, unfortunately, people do to each other. But if uh, whatever happens in L.A., we're, we're on it. Uh, we're there and we're usually live. And then I post it on social media um, at uh, Narissa Knight, Facebook and Instagram. Yep. So whatever happens, Narissa will be there and she will be ready to do excellent reporting as she always has. And Anna will be back next week. So we'll look forward to that as well. As always, you can find our content on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play and on YouTube and get updates and subscribe to our newsletter at truecrimedaily.com. Until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast reminding you don't do crime. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University, Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.